This is Patrick Henningsen, and you're listening to On the QT at 21wire.tv. Accessing confidential data. Patrick Henningsen, I'm your host of On the QT here at 21wire.tv. Thank you for joining us for this fortnightly podcast at 21wire.tv. And if you're listening to part one, uh, the first 30 minutes is free, and we hope you enjoy it. And if you'd like to hear the second hour of this 90-minute podcast, uh, we encourage you to subscribe and become a member at 21wire.tv to hear the premium content, the second hour. And if you do join, uh, there's a lots of benefits and access to other premium content, audio uh, and video, and a member's uh, newsletter exclusively for our subscribers. So uh, go ahead and check it out. We hope you will. Now, this program, this is episode six, and uh, you know, originally I had a whole U.S. elections program planned. I spent uh, many hours preparing for it. And events in the last couple of days have caused me to basically put that to the side. And uh, it is related, what we're going to talk about today, to the election, uh, very much related. In fact, uh, uh, intrinsically related. The subject for today, for this show, can't be any more grave. It can't be any more important. And uh, we do uh, resist... uh, fear-mongering, which is very popular in a lot of uh, quarters of alternative media, let's say. Uh, We do resist doing that uh, at 21st Century Wire and also here on this channel. Uh, But events are accelerating, um, and not in a good way, uh, specifically in the Middle East. And for anybody who follows world events, anybody who reads about it in history and, and certainly all the signs are when everyone speculates about a third world war that it would break out in the Middle East, uh, certainly the most contentious of all regions in the world, and uh, a tinderbox to say the least, uh, not just because of the sectarian uh, issues, but also this is where Israel uh, is as well, the most contentious creation of a country ever. Uh, And we have wars going on right now in Syria that are biblical uh, to say the least. So if a conflict of this magnitude that would draw in all the world powers and have geopolitical implications uh, right across the planet and perhaps trigger some sort of nuclear confrontation, certainly one would expect uh, that it would happen there or uh, on the border between Eastern Europe and Russia, that this would be the, the place where it all kicked off. And some very disturbing things have happened in the last two weeks. And we're going to discuss those today. The first of which is Secretary of State John Kerry. And if you listen to the Sunday Wire, uh, the last two episodes, you'll know that uh, we've been very critical of U.S. diplomats. And I use that term very loosely, diplomats, because they, quite clearly, they are not diplomats. Uh, Samantha Power, the United States uh, ambassador to the United Nations, you'd expect somebody with a little bit of uh, decorum and composure and uh, who isn't uh, shrill uh, on, on a world stage. Uh, but unfortunately, um, uh, we have exactly that in Samantha Power, 
who is a political appointee and is not an actual diplomat. She's a, a trained lawyer, actually. And uh, there's an event that happened on September 17th that's very well documented right now, although more or less blacked out in the U.S. media. And, you know, I'm here in the U.S. and I watch and monitor all U.S. mainstream news broadcasts. And you'd be very hard-pressed to find any serious discussion about what happened on September 17th outside the city of Deir Zor in Syria. Namely, the United States launched an airstrike, uh, not against ISIS, no, and uh, certainly not against its moderate rebels that it's backing. Uh, the United States launched an airstrike against the Syrian uh, Arab Army, which is the national military of Syria, and killed over 70 soldiers, special forces, I might add, and wounded a further 100. Many others might die uh, due to medical complications. And uh, the United States, uh, upon hearing this um, from Russia, uh, basically threw a temper tantrum at the UN. Samantha Powers walked out of the statement by uh, Vitaly Cherkin, the Russian ambassador to the UN in New York, a sign of disrespect and certainly not the behavior of anybody who might call themselves a diplomat. But yet this is what we saw. And what's funny about the U.S. airstrike that killed, uh, you call it a massacre because that's what it was, uh, ISIS, the Syrian army was holding back ISIS and as soon as the U.S. hit the Syrian army and wiped out that position, ISIS then advanced from the hills just away from that position. And the U.S. claimed this was a mistake. They hit the Syrian army by accident. Uh, the Syrian army had been in that position for quite a while. Uh, U.S. have satellite uh, information imagery. We're meant to think that they don't. Of course they do. Uh, they know exactly that position. It's well known. Uh, and yet they claim that it was an accident. And uh, you didn't get an apology from Samantha Power. What she did was shout at the Russians and blaming them uh, somehow, or made it sound like she was blaming them for what the U.S. did themselves. And why is this important? We, we spoke about this at length on the Sunday Wire radio show. And... But what, why is it important uh, for many reasons? Because one of the last things you have before war is diplomacy. And when your diplomats are not willing to be diplomatic, then you have a full breakdown in the process. And this isn't like uh, having a tiff at a corporate board meeting. The stakes are a little bit higher, and I don't, you know, I, I believe that maybe Samantha Power doesn't understand uh, the stakes, or, or worse, in fact, if she does understand the stakes, and she's still basically playing a pantomime charade in order to advance an agenda that has been laid out behind the scenes that the American public are not aware of, Okay. What do I mean by this? Let me explain. There are uh, people in Washington who are working with the military establishment. These are people in government. This might include members of the White House who are all part of the same establishment who already know what is going to happen with the U.S. military with regards to Syria. They already have a plan and beyond 
the obvious, which is to collapse and destabilize the nation state of Syria and enact regime change in Damascus, Assad must go, etc. That's obvious, but, but it's playing out and U.S. politicians like to play stupid with the public. Uh, they like to, they have such a contempt for the electorate now in the United States, and, and I will be very frank. This began uh, in a big way uh, under the Bush administration, the last Bush administration. This is when it became an open sort of practice, okay? Um, they had a plan. They had an, a plan to take down Iraq and a number of other Middle Eastern countries. Uh, this was uh, accidentally spat out by General Wesley Clark at the Commonwealth Club in San Francisco during a speech. It's very well documented. Many people have listened to this. Seven countries in total, including Libya, including Iraq, Iran, Syria. Lebanon is also on that list. Now that So there, there would be a plan in place in, in the offices of the deep state to uh, see what exactly we've been seeing unfolding in the last few years. And they have such contempt for the public that they will think that uh, either we're not aware of this or even if we knew, we wouldn't believe it. Okay, And they do rely on the media in order to manage public perception in that way and keep us busy and distracted with various things. Um, so there is, there was a plan for Iraq that is well known by now. Uh, there was a plan before the invasion. They made it sound like they had to invade because they had to get those weapons of mass destruction. Tony Blair as well. You know, we listen to these people. They've got so much conviction. You know, you you almost want to believe what they're saying because they really seem to believe in themselves. But what they are, they they are not being honest. Many of these people are pathological liars and have psychopathic tendencies. And this is why they are promoted into positions of power, because they will do what needs to be done. Okay? These executives don't really have any decision-making power. Well, they do, but they don't exercise it. If they do, it's usually for the wrong things or for trivial matters or to cover up things. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, the first executive order that President Barack Obama signed when he became president, believe it or not, in 2009, January 26th, I believe, the first thing he did was sign an executive order to seal, it's called the Presidential Records uh, Directive, I believe, executive order, to seal all his personal records, school records, college records, transcripts, applications, everything you can imagine, all personal documents. Okay, that's a fact. It's not a conspiracy theory. In fact, you can go look that up right now if you've got your Google at hand. What I'm trying to illustrate here is that when they do exercise their decision-making as ex chief, chief executives, um, it's usually for things, uh, for not, not, not for the right things or not for the important things. Okay. If this president had any leadership ability, uh, he would see what is going on and look at the behavior of John Kerry and Samantha Power. L lobbying false, uh, unsubstantiated accusation after accusation, blaming Russia for everything. 
totally spinning and mischaracterizing what is really going on in Syria, still calling it a civil war, when it is nothing of the sort, an insult to anybody who's intelligent out there, and this is what the U.S. administration is currently doing. They have a plan which they are trying to ram through. They have an agenda for Syria. And they think that you out there, members of the public, are so dumb that you think that it's just all happening on the fly. You know, one incident leads to another, and we have no control over this. Oh dear, what do we do now? Oh, look what the Russians did. Oh my goodness, we have to save the children. And the, well, let, me, let me tell you, okay, and I didn't want to wait till Sunday to say this, the war propaganda, talking up a war, they're talking it up on Twitter, the BBC is talking it up. Someone claimed on the BBC that Russia has killed 85,000 children in Aleppo or in Syria. I mean, they're making up numbers. You have fake videos, left, right, and center. You have the white helmets. This is a U.S., U.K., Dutch, European-backed, fake NGO, producing mostly propaganda, claiming they saved 60,000 lives in Syria, a physical mathematical impossibility. And what do they get? They, uh, the whole establishment, Hollywood, is backing them high-profile documentary released on Netflix, doing the rounds at the film festivals. They've been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. This is basically a terrorist support group. And there's lots of evidence out there of them with terrorists, with al-Nusra, with ISIS. Some of them, the same people torturing, uh, executing Syrians, Syrian soldiers, you know, gloating over piles of dead bodies. You know, this is supposed to be the Nobel Peace Prize winners. This will be the first time in the history of the Nobel Peace Prize. And, you know, the, granted, the, that award has become such a farce. There are so many war criminals and deep state actors that have been given that award who, quite frankly, don't deserve it. And now they're going to give it to a terrorist support group. I mean, this is really the cherry on top of the cake. But this is the times we live in. Absolute deceit, spin, and deception by the West. There's no other way to describe it. They're hell-bent on destroying the nation of Syria. And let's, let's... So this is what it is. Secretary of State John Kerry this week on Thursday said there is no point in pursuing further negotiations with Russia over Syria, uh, leaving the Obama administration with no backup plan and scrambling to develop new options to stop the mounting carnage. No diplomacy means the prelude to war. Okay, The U.S. are basically throwing their toys out of the pram because they are losing. They have spent all this money building up all these proxies, backing all these terrorist groups, creating all these fake NGOs, doing all this subterfuge, flooding the region with illegal weapons. Okay? I laugh at this administration. They talk about gun control and the need for gun control and oh, the violence in America. And they flood the Middle East 
with weapons, lethal weapons that are killing thousands of people. Okay. I submit that the majority of people dying in Syria are dying at the hands of terrorists and so-called rebels. You want to hear a conspiracy theory? It's called the moderate rebel. Okay. The establishment has lost all credibility. All the establishment journalists defending this mythology of the Sasquatch, which is known as the moderate rebel, okay, have lost all credibility. And you see them on all the shows still trying to spin this uh, narrative that Assad must go and he's butchering his own people and all this other stuff. Okay. This is a war of propaganda waged by the West. The U.S. are in there illegally. They're losing. They're going to lose Aleppo. And now they're throwing a tantrum and they're accelerating their agenda. And what is their agenda? Is their agenda to confront and start a major international war? And why now? Why the rush? There is a timetable. You can hear it in their voice. John Kerry. We are, this is John Kerry. We are on the verge of suspending the discussion with Russia, Kerry said at a public policy discussion in Washington. It is one of those moments where we're going to have to pursue other alternatives for a period of time. What is that? Military alternatives? Assassinating uh, state leaders? What, what's the CIA going to be told to do by the military industrial complex and the heads of the oil companies? What instructions will be given to the CIA? Two U.S. officials said the U.S. was expecting Russia to, uh, United States, or sorry, the U.S. officials said the U.S. was expected to inform Russia on Thursday that it was suspending diplomatic contacts on Syria, battening down the hatches. So given the collapse of a jointly brokered truce on September 19th and the latest uh, violence in Aleppo, uh, Washington's throwing in the towel because it's losing its stronghold. The terrorist stronghold is being lost, okay, which is eastern Aleppo. Not Aleppo. There's western Aleppo. That's government protected with two million people in it. The majority of Syrians are there for protection from the maniacs being backed by the west in east Aleppo. It's as simple as that. There are some civilians in East Aleppo, terrorists, families, other people who are trying to hold on to their properties, who are trying to hold on to their businesses, their flats, okay? People who sympathize with uh, the rebels, also people who can't leave because if they cross any of the checkpoints, they will be shot by the lovely, peace-loving, moderate rebels, okay? How else can we describe this? On Wednesday, U.S. officials told Reuters that Barack Obama's administration had begun considering tougher responses, including military options, to the Russian-backed Syrian government assault of Aleppo. They can't stand the prospect of Syria taking back control of its second biggest city. This is not a crime. This is not a war crime. Because... If you had 20,000 terrorists in Detroit or in Washington, D.C. or in New York, 
and they managed to run everybody out of town and take over cities, do you think the government would just leave Washington, D.C. and say, we give up, you know, because some foreign power said that, that Obama must go, you know, these, these wonderful peace-loving rebels who've taken over New York and Detroit and Boston and D.C., you know, whatever, 100,000 of them, that uh, in the international community or the Western international community or some one, two countries say, Obama must go. What, what is the U.S. president going to pack up and leave? We're going to say, okay, yeah, you're right. We need a political transition. Sorry, the terrorists are here. We need to go. That's not how it works. What, what would happen is the president, be it Obama, Bush, or whoever, would then instruct the military and all the DHS and every other a- agency to basically de- f- seek out and destroy to eliminate the terrorist threat in those cities if that indeed were the case in the U.S. And I, I would venture to say any sane country would do the same. And Syria is no different. And if you're listening to this and this doesn't make any sense to you, then it's quite possible that you have been brainwashed by years of images and staged photographs and fake videos and uh, gushing documentaries and NPR broadcasts that are painting a fictional picture of a conflict zone in a sovereign country. And our Secretary of State, John Kerry, supposed to be the top diplomat, basically shuts down diplomatic relations, okay? That's a prelude to war. Why the timing? Why now? Well, it's pretty obvious. So it it, it gets better than that. So we have Samantha Power throwing tantrums. John Kerry throwing tantrums making false accusations, claiming that Russia and Syria did an airstrike against a U.N. aid convoy, which we debunked at 21st Century Wire, a total fraud on its face. I looked at all the evidence and so-called, you know, photographic visual evidence. Pretty obvious it wasn't an airstrike. You know, so I guess this is like MH17, another uh, false flag. Spun up by uh, the same people, although in in the case of MH17, it was the uh, Ukrainian, uh, the new Ukrainian government, which was installed by the United States, uh, and still th- that war is being fought in the in the propaganda theater right to this day. Last, uh, only a few days ago, some Dutch investigation was released, completely uh, amazing what passes for an investigation. The main witnesses are, of course, the Ukrainian regime, backed by the U.S., incredible. But, uh, so not an independent investigation, but this is what, this is what the U.S. has come down to. So what are, what is Russia going to do? Why the rush? Is it because of the elections? Does something need to happen before November 8th? I'm certain it does. And we're going to cover that in the second part of the show. Um, before that, let me let me play this. This is John Kirby, Admiral Kirby, <clears throat> sorry, Admiral Kirby at the U.S. State Department, uh, basically throwing a tantrum like John Kerry and Samantha Power. It seems to be uh, contagious in Washington. Here's a, supposed to be a, 
the spokesperson for our country's State Department, running press briefings, quite frankly, acting like, uh, I don't know, acting like he didn't get, he didn't get his uh, front row tickets to the Eurovision Song Contest and he's uh, throwing a tantrum. Listen to this, listen to this man. This is, well, I wouldn't say embarrassing, but I think, I think they're be- beyond that point right now. Listen to this. Express grave concern over what Saudi Arabia is doing in Yemen by hitting civilian targets there. Why isn't the U.S. cutting, threatening to cut ties with Saudi Arabia? We have, uh, the Secretary talked about this when we were in Jeddah a few, a few weeks ago. We have been honest with the Saudis about our concerns over uh, over uh, the lack of precision in some strikes. Um, and uh, and uh, we've talked to them about the importance of conducting investigations but saudi arabia is doing there what russia is accused of doing in syria so i'm no no how is that consistent (laughs) because what we're seeing the russians do and i would love to see you ask your government some of these questions you know russia today never does that you never poke and prod your own government but so every so so you so me when you want to evade a question. No, no, I'm not, you. I'm not attacking you. I'm not attacking you. I'm not attacking you. I would just love to see your institution ask these same kind of questions of your own government. This is not the first time John Kirby tries to evade my questions by changing the conversation to our teeth. Is, hey, is it? I'm I, sorry. Should I, I not? I should may, I not ask? May, uh, should I not be I asking what the what the U.S. Hey, assessment you, of you, Turkish actions is? Take this one, Asha, then I'm going to come to should you. I, you can, should you I can, not be asking that question? Can, exactly. Which question should I be embarrassed about, sir? You can ask me whatever you want. I'm just stunned that you're not embarrassed by some of the questions you ask. And I exactly noticed, and which I question? That, I notice uh, that RT very rarely asks any tough questions of their own government. The U.S. strike that reportedly killed around 20 civilians in the ISIL-held city of Mom Beach in Syria, was it a mistake on Monday? That's another great accusatory question you've asked here. Now, that was John Kirby. Um, he didn't like the interrogation he was getting from uh, Guyana Ketchikan from RT. She's the State Department correspondent for RT in Washington. Uh, she's pretty sharp, pretty sharp, uh, followed her work for quite some time, uh, she's very sharp, very intelligent, um, a lot of, I wish there were more journalists who were that smart as she is, she knows how to ask the right questions, uh, tremendous, uh, White, Ho- uh, White House or Washington correspondent for Washington, and she made him very uncomfortable, and so he lashed out at RT instead, with the, with the usual trope, uh, why don't you ask these questions to your own government, etc. And uh, if you look at the U.S. media, um, I've never seen a CNN uh, interviewer or journalist or anything or anybody in a White House uh, press. I mean, they, there used to be people that challenged the, the president. Uh, there used to be people that challenge. Kirby never gets challenged by any U.S. reporter sitting in that State Department press room. So what is he talking about? It's kind of uh, a ridiculous comparison he's making. Look at the U.S. media. Look how controlled it is. Kitted gloves when it comes to what Washington does, especially on foreign policy. You see, but Russia's there legally in Syria. They're legally there. 
by international law at the invitation of the government of the sovereign state represented in the United Nations, which is Syria. The United States is not there legally, not by international law. They're there illegally. They're being tolerated because everyone's afraid that they might just go and fast-track that World War III uh, if they don't get to hang around to make sure their al-Nusra terrorists and their ISIS fighters uh, are doing okay and working towards overthrowing or destabilizing Syria. That's why Washington's flying around. They haven't done anything to slow down or impede ISIS in almost two years. It's a joke, actually. It's a joke. It's beyond a joke. So this is what's happening in the United States. This is what's happening in the Middle East. This is what's happening in the world. And um, it's very disturbing. Alexander Dugan, uh, very controversial figure absolutely controversial, um, gives nightmares to some people. Uh, he, uh, liberals can't stand him and neither can Glenn Beck. So Dugan said this week that, uh, we're very close to World War III. And he says this has everything to do with the U.S. elections in terms of the timetable. So we're going to play, uh, Alexander Dugan's, uh, analysis in the second part of this program. Uh, We're going to play that, and we're going to analyze it. Plus, we have some other uh, clips, uh, one from a British diplomat, uh, veteran uh, diplomat, William uh, Mallinson, which I'm going to play in that part, too. And we're also going to go a little bit deeper into uh, this subject and get into the geopolitical stratagem uh, in the second part of this program. And uh, if you are a member... Uh, go ahead and wait after the break, and we'll see you on the other side uh, with the hour-long uh, part two of this podcast. If you are uh, listening for free, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. We hope that you'll subscribe uh, and become a member at 21wire.tv. So for members and subscribers, I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. This is on the QT at 21wire.tv. We'll see you on the other side in just a moment. Tune in Sundays at noon Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time for the Sunday Wire for three hours of action-packed talk radio on 21stCenturyWire.com and AlternateCurrentRadio.com. Come on. 